Hey guys, it's Michael here. Before we start the show, uh, I just wanted to explain something, that we're switching things up a little bit. Originally, we were going to air our part five episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with our very special guest, Rachel Bloom. Hey, hey! Who's with us right now. Uh, but we decided, um, because of scheduling issues, we actually had to tape Rachel's episode after Jen Kirkman's episode, which you're listening to now. And upon recording, we decided it was best to play these episodes in order as they were recorded. So you're going to listen to Jen Kirkman's episode right now. And then next week, we will be back with part five of our Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Month with Rachel Bloom. So stay tuned. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey guys, what's an, up? What's up, dudes <laughs> and dudettes? It's Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. Hi, Bryce. Hi, what's up, man? Hey, man, we're back. I know. I mean, you know, the audience has been listening, hopefully, every, every week, but you and I are just back from a break. Pretty much, yeah. I no. mean, and we met last week and we're still talking about this stuff, I even know. when we're not recording. I really so. missed it. I, I did missed too. you. I missed Riley. Me I missed, as well. missed talking about paranormal stuff every week. Yeah. Um, today, Today, we have a really wonderful guest with us. Yes, we do. Oh, boy. Podcast gold. You know her from her latest Netflix special, Just Keep Living, and her podcast, I Seem Fun. Ladies and gentlemen, we have in the clubhouse with us today, the amazingly hilarious Jen Kirkman. Thank Yay! you. Hi, Jen. <laughs> that was a quick, you got me right in. Yeah, baby. We don't we don't ramble too much. Nah. We like to keep we got we like to bring you in a, uh, right up front. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited, especially oh, when we have somebody like you with it's, us. You are right about that. Wow. <laughs> um. So I'm excited because Jen and I have been friends for years, mm-hmm. and we but we've all we always get every time we get together we talk too much about what's happening in our current lives, and we haven't actually ever had a conversation about the supernatural but i know that jen is into the paranormal oh wow and Wait, so, i don't think i think we talk about aliens a lot we've never actually we've always talked about talking about them but we've never <laughs> actually well you're in the right it. place yeah you, you told me that story about your the fbi and all that Oh, right. I mean, yeah. The time I was investigated by the FBI for setting up a meeting at Trump Tower. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. With a bunch of aliens. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we've just texted about it. But, you know, the whole thing that bums me out. It was actually the CIA. CIA. Listen, I have have an elderly cousin who's passed away whose husband used to work for the CIA. Uh And she told me uh, when I was visiting her, she used to live up in... uh, uh, um, Central in the Central Coast, and she told me that uh, her first husband, before he died of very mysterious circumstances, mm. uh, he had told her that the Roswell incident was in fact true, and had um, shown her a top secret document that uh, Harry S. Truman had set sent out commission or not commissioned, but sent out to like field CIA field field agents that were like. It was a manual for search and recovery in case there was another crash oh, wow. uh, saucer, and it covered what they found in Roswell, what the beings looked like, and it was basically a, like be on the lookout for certain rank and file CIA members. And he told her all about 
that. Um, and then, so she was wow. like, oh, yeah. Because she said that she, her second husband, who she knew for years, or knew for, she knew her <laughs> she husband knew. for years. She was married to for years. They had like a, a, a seaside resort uh, where famous Hollywood people used to go up. And she said that they used to see UFOs out by the ocean all the time. That's how this got started. So wow. I said, oh, you believe in UFOs? She's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Oh. What? The CIA is oh, God. Here. You shouldn't have said something. Put me under the table. This is even just... Hide me under the coffee it's table. It's not even live. No, I know. That's how they, <laughs> they bug everything. <laughs> They're listening live all the time. Anyway, so yeah. I did tell you about about yeah. that. And then, uh, yeah, she, she used to have, like, after he died, she used to have, like, G-Men come by the house. This is back in the, like, 40s, 50s. Well, that's crazy. Years and, uh, you know, we're coming to, to a time where there's, what, what you're getting now is a lot of what's called deathbed confessions, and there's so much personnel surrounding, you know, incidents like Roswell and stuff. Mm. And a lot of these guys who, you know, handled the trucks or handled the whatever, they're they're getting old now, and they want to tell their story. And, yeah. and those are some of the, the great uh, reveals accounts that we get so much insightful information and well especially when you have documented files too that can be released through the freedom of information act i mean you know but don't you think trump would have just done it well you know bill clinton tried to do it twice and uh jimmy carter tried to do or do what are you referring to by the way well i thought that they were going to declassify a bunch of stuff which probably again would never be the stuff that says here's the aliens but you would think that maybe if he had access to even knowing it that he'd accidentally say it because he's him yeah I mean you know the, the, he might the, not be interested in well, that though well I actually don't think uh, the presidents are not are necessarily informed of all this stuff because the Pentagon the CIA the people who know about like the m- deep military stuff and I don't want to say deep state because mm-hmm. then I sound like a real uh, conspiracy theorist but the people who know yeah yeah about the history of it they are career long military uh, people and the the president is in office from anywhere from four years to eight years. Well, that's right. They, they're not necessarily on a need to know basis with no this stuff. I mean and that's, oh, that's, a, that's I, I don't I think they keep it I keep think that they keep it away from the president. Well, yeah, that imagine these Air Force generals that have to, like, you know, every time a new president comes in, they've got to, you know, kind of go over the uh, the status quo of what's happening. Yeah. Um, well, I think Truman knew because Roswell happened when Truman was president. Of course. And nothing had happened like that before. And they went, okay, they didn't even know how to handle it from a PR standpoint to the point that the the army base press guy sent it to the um the local Roswell newspaper it was like yep we recovered a craft it's a flying saucer we've got one yeah and it was only after it had gone to press that his commanding officer went whoa whoa, whoa we actually we need to shut this down we need to walk this back because people cannot uh, know about this I have a theory and I know that's not what we're talking about today but I just want to say we can talk about whatever you want mm-hmm. time travel would have to exist for aliens to have landed that's just it what do you mean. Unpack that. Because they are light years away. And it would take, if one left home right now to get here, uh, who knows what the earth would be by the time it gets here. Right. So they can't be alive still when they land. So maybe an alien started light years ago and they got here in the 40s. Right. But they would be dead bodies in a crash. That's assuming that they're traveling at the speed of light. Could they, then they'd have to time travel otherwise. Well, or... They have figured Worm out holes. how to punch a wormhole. Wormholes. Through, and and uh, it's, like, it's like the old wrinkle in time thing where you have... It just gets... That's where I go, no. 
They didn't. Where they, you know how to bend space time and, and make, basically build a shortcut through space to pop in and out from one place like to another. Like a tunnel. Like teleporting, basically. Yeah. I don't, my mind can't comprehend it, but sure. I'm sure people couldn't comprehend penicillin, well, think, so who knows? Exactly. And think about this. These alien species have at least, if, if they're at the point where they're building spacecraft and traveling that mm-hmm. far or time traveling like you've said yeah these these uh species must have at least at the very least a thousand year head start on evolution yeah at times probably even millions of years well this brings so me they my have next science day. that we can't even imagine yet i see now that is an expl- explanation but i don't gravitate to that one that's why my thing is always they are not from space. We are wrong. And, and Hitler, I believe, agrees with me on this. Wait, they are. <laughs> Let her keep okay. going. Well, I said, <laughs> I said this once and someone unfortunately said, I think Hitler used to say that. I'm like, I didn't know that. Oh. Um, they are always above. Very few things you want to say. To, <laughs> you want to follow up with Hitler agrees with He was also this. obsessed with. Yes. Uh, and with I believe. Paranormal. That's why I believe sometimes that those flying saucers. I mean, that's Germany Nazi engineering as well and yeah. we were stealing there oh so you think that it's uh, actually modern technology some of it but i also think these aliens we speak of from space are from underwater yeah. and that's why flying saucers are always over the water and yeah. that way they can be here and they don't have to time travel it is a deep well, sea now are they terrestrial well, i think you're onto something they're not man. extraterrestrial they are or what, what if they're extraterrestrial and they're the just the bases that they've set up are underwater? Mm-hmm. Then I still have to believe in that wormhole shit, well, which I don't. Here's the other thing that I think that goes back to your original point. What if the aliens are actually us from the future evolved thousands of I, years? I've always thought that. And are time traveling back now to visit us? I want to touch on I'm, that. I'm down with that. One of the best UFO cases comes out of Germany, right next to a nuclear military base. And it's called, oh, I love that one. Yeah, it's called yeah. the Rendlesham Forest case. And, oh, I and, love and that anybody, one. So anyway, a lot of these military guys, they saw this craft land in the woods and they sent out a team to go... Uh, investigate the one guy who actually laid eyes on the craft and laid hands on it. I forget his name, um, but anyway, he he Hitler. Re- he <laughs> it was not Hitler. He would report back that the weird hieroglyphic symbols that he was seeing immediately come to his mind when he placed his hand on that. Later, he would um, uncode those in a manner, and and what he thought he discovered was a message from us from the future. Mm-hmm. Did it say anything about? Donald Trump. It didn't say anything no. about Donald Trump, but you know, a very familiar theme that, that a lot of these people get. Yeah, that's right. Is is a uh, nuclear prolifer- pl- proliferation and also uh, you know the the dangers that were that were kind of uh, oh, coming into man. with our environment and our Do you technology. Think we nuked ourselves and we've come back. Who knows? I mean, that's as good of a. Well, I Graham, love your. Graham, I love where your mind Graham is. Graham Hancock thinks if you follow Graham Hancock, I love He's a really cool writer. He's the best. He wrote uh, "Fingerprints of the Gods," which basically proposes that it starts with um, that they think that there are ancient maps that show Antarctica before it was covered in the in mm. the ice. Yeah, and that and uh, they're old, like really old maps, and then. Um, he basically talks about that the there was an ancient civilization and part of Egypt's ancient, you know, the Sphinx and the pyramids were actually part of that ancient civilization. Yeah. And that he thinks that there, because you can look at sediment and look at um, like geo, geo, geological samples of that there was 
thousands of years ago, 10,000 years ago, around the time that we talk about the dawn of mankind, you know, uh, the modern man Mm -hmm. emerging, that there is evidence that there was some type of heavy radioactive or nuclear blast. Now, you might think in your imagination, you can go, oh, we blew ourselves up once and now we're making our way back. They think that a lot of the myths of Atlantis... When Plato would talk about there used to be this great society mm-hmm. and these uh, that that was very far advanced, um, and they find bones that uh, they have found bones that predate uh, the the earliest days that we say uh, Homo sapien was like up and running around and doing its thing. <laughs> That's a very scientific. <laughs> yeah. I'm with but, you. They're up and around. But, yeah. and but doing I think Gra- Graham Graham Hancock I think is now leaning more towards that there was a meteor that hit that was an extinction level event kind of like what happened to the dinosaurs that yeah. blew back uh knocked our civilization back to the stone age 10 11,000 12,000 years ago or well, 30,000 years ago whatever it is I'm, to, I'm 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 i i don't have the math off the top of my head yeah so and I'm, to add to that they you know a lot of these these guys that write these books i mean they you know they kind of theorize that there were multiple extinction level events you yeah. know not just one but that that we can obviously agree that there was some sort of deluge I I mean, uh, you know, some sort of flood. All right. all societies and and cultures point to that sort of mythos, and right. so we can accept that you know there was something like that happened. But yeah, I mean, you know, um, the Hopi Indian tribe they believe that this is we're in the fifth world. I believe mm. that it's been destroyed four other times completely before, and and here we are on number five go around. Well, we and the scary stop. thing is, it seems like we get to about the point where we're at mm-hmm. now before the reset button gets hit. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 obviously like that. Don- oh. <laughs> like that dime you send down those uh those wishing well things where they go down the funnel you know it starts starts going very slowly until it gets to that concrescence and then you know it speeds up to a uh, to an infinitum and, right. and and i think you know that we are very close at this time in history where we are that dime spinning right at the end of the funnel we're getting very close yeah. our technology doubles every two years um, we're not even there spiritually yet, but our technology is, yeah. is you know kind of overcompensating us. Two quick things. First of all, the, the nuclear alien thing, was that the case where they flew by and they would just shut the plants down? Two different cases. That oh, was, okay. that was here in America where oh. that, that, Guys, that is a famous, I'm not yeah. kidding. Was that uh, your story? I have that in my story. That's the story. Well, that's the story. It's the story. The other quick thing I was going to say is I'm enjoying, um, Hillary Clinton's book. And one of the things she talked about was she wanted to, you know, she had all these ideas and things. And one of the things she wanted to talk about on the campaign trail is our use of technology and using it responsibly. And it's getting ahead of us. Without a and doubt. And AI is dangerous. And her people were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You, you get killed. You cannot go out there and be like, the robots will take us over. She's like, but they're gonna. And they're mm-hmm. like, Hillary, you cannot. Like, and she's like, okay. And I just thought that was so amazing. Like she had a thing like ready to like campaign on. And they were yeah. just like, yeah. no lady. No, 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 But no, she's no. right. Yeah. But it just would have been amazing if that was like what she's remembered for instead of like, I I help children. Just like Hillary well, said, the robots will you, take us over. You bring up a great point. I mean, I mean, what if we're at this crossroads where one way we're exploring our solar system through virtual reality, which is not really us. And then there's the other way uh, where it's actually us interested in, you know, spatial exploration and getting there physically, not just like staying here at home and playing video I, games. I hope it. that the aliens That'd are time, travels, tra- time travelers because that means we, we make it. Yeah. To some degree. I yeah. mean, we don't, 
I, you know, and also we're all just withering into tiny little gray beings with big heads and big eyes and <laughs> right. Well, yeah, bigger brains, smaller bigger mouths. Brains. You know, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Um, I don't like it, Jen. Uh, yeah. So, where do you stand with? Um, where do you stand with Sasquatch? Where do you uh, do you believe in Bigfoot? No, but I'm <laughs> I'm not a, when pushed. I guess that's how I feel. I've never really been asked that directly. I guess that's how well, I feel. There's a first time for everything. But I do think um, there's probably some people have seen. There's probably been the myth of it, and then someone is. Uh, done dressed like him in the woods to fuck with people. Mm-hmm. The original thing people saw, was it some kind of bear walking on its hind legs? It's probably what I think. Mm-hmm. It can happen. Um, I mean, I'd love there to be. Why not? Yeah. I just don't. It doesn't. My gut doesn't say I believe that. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And then what about ghosts? That I can get with a little more because I think energy is something we can't comprehend and it has to do with that and our psychic vibes and it may not literally be a ghost, but it's some kind of... Psychic reflection. There's a psychic reflection. There's an energy can't be destroyed or created, so maybe blah and blah. That kind of thing. Speaking of psychic uh, powers or experiences, you have a personal paranormal experience i sure do and we need to hear about it yes please share well it's all in what i was saying with the ghosts and the psychic and whatever when my nana who by the way she would have loved this podcast she would listen (laughs) to if you're listening we miss you she was um died at 99 in her late 80s and she was perfectly fine and she could walk she just never got her license because they didn't let ladies do that you know she never tried. So anyway, I mean, they did. But anyway, she um, stopped going to church and started listening to Art Bell. That was like her trail. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, Good grandma. Yeah. So she was like all conspiracy theoried out and then added some Billy Graham in there, which didn't make sense. But <laughs> she was very into the lost city of Atlanta. She talked about it a lot. Yeah. I don't really remember what she said. I just know she talked about it a lot. Did she have like paintings of Atlantis in her home? Did she have like any cool... <laughs> weird uh new agey artwork or anything oh no she wasn't new age at all her apartment looked like a set of just <laughs> like what funny. an old lady's her apartment her house looked like the set of what an old lady liked but um but she liked to envision uh, a lost city of atlantis i think so um but anyway the experience i had with her is we always had a little bond i mean everyone does with their grandmother but she won class wit in 19 in the 1900s and she uh wanted to be a seamstress but Again, like everything was, you can't, you can't, you get married. And her husband, I won't let me, blah, blah. So I always felt there was. She won't even let her sew. She won't, yeah. <laughs> there was Fucking something, men. There was Ugh. something between us that I felt, I don't know, maybe we vibed a little bit. But she lived in her home and died just, she was on the floor in the kitchen. We don't know what happened. She, I think probably got dizzy and fell mm-hmm. at age 99. And it's not like I'm saying she wasn't, she was on my mind all the time. I was always like, just a pe- fleeting thought. Someday my Nana's going to be found dead because yeah. she doesn't go anywhere and she lives at home and Uncle Paul lives, you know. That's just planning uh, for the future at that point. A town away. Well, yeah. And so I'm like, you know, that's how it's going to go. Yeah. She's, whatever. So I'm not trying to be like, I guessed that she died. This is what happened. She, I had just talked to her like the week before. We didn't talk often, but sometimes we did. She couldn't really hear anymore on the phone. 
And Sounds like it was her time to go. <laughs> yeah, it was her time. I don't know. She could have had, my mother goes, death is so unfair. I go, she lived till 99. That's like the most That's fair. Jackpot. That's really yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, you only want to hit a hundred anyway, just for bragging rights. Right. You know, totally. I think what my mother's trying to say, but I don't think she wants to say is like, it's unfair that we were ever born. Cause she's, there's no good age for her. That we should die. Right. Yeah. And I don't also think she's saying we should live forever. I think it's an existential, like, yes. we're I'm here to a, suffer. Yeah, like, I've been, it's out of control that I'm here. Yeah, we are born into death. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, anywho, this is my paranormal experience. So I had just begun working at the show Chelsea lately. It was 2008. And Chelsea was in the writer's room and she said, Oh, I, I want you to watch this skit that I filmed and you can sit in the editing bay while we edit it. And it was her going and talking to old people. And I was like, I felt this like love for my Nana so much. And I was like, my Nana is so funny. Oh my God. And she won class wit. And I feel like she would have been really good in this. It's so sad that like, she doesn't live here. And and I just went off into this la la land. And Mm -hmm. Chelsea was like, are you done talking to your grandmother or do you have any notes for this thing? You know, whatever. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know. She's just on my mind today and whatever. And so I, called my sister from my desk and I was like, oh, I'm just thinking about Nana. I feel so sad. Like, I feel like bad that I, like, I don't know. I feel like I should see her more or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was really on my mind. Sister's like, oh, whatever. I go to bed that night. I have a dream. Now, my Nana and I would watch the comedy competition on Star Search all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she would always sit next to me. And if she didn't like something, and she had a good sense of humor, she liked good TV, she would turn to me and go, Kind of stupid, isn't it? <laughs> kind of stupid, isn't it? Yeah. And so almost embarrassed that yeah. she's watching it, you know? <laughs> so we had, I had a dream that I was at the Comedy Central workspace, which if people out there don't know, it's Melrose. just a tiny little theater here in LA. Right, Santa Monica? Santa Monica. Santa Monica. It's actually called the Hudson Theater, I guess. Boulevard. Oh, yeah. And weirdly, I, with love to my friend Jason Nash, who's very funny, it was his one man show <laughs> that I was watching in my dream. And I think he's brilliant. And I probably had just seen him perform. And that's why he was on my mind. But my Nana was next to me and I heard her voice go, kind of stupid, isn't oh, it? Oh, no, that's uh, funny. And I go, I was about to turn to her and go, no, Nana, he's really cool. He's I really funny. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned and my Nana was like 23 years old and she was in one of her little outfits and she was like all beautiful and young. And I was like, Nana, you look so young. And she goes, yeah, we're young here. And I go, where? And she goes, where I am. You're young again. And I go, oh, okay. And then that was it. And she's like, don't worry, I'm okay. And I was like, okay. And then I got this, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was sneezing and I couldn't stop sneezing. And I said to my husband at the time, I'm divorced. That's not part of the story. But I said to my husband. Didn't see that one coming, <laughs> did you? I said to my husband, like, he told me I said this, but I do remember waking up and talking to him and going, the window. And, the, and he said in the morning, I was like, that lavender bush in our yard is making me sneeze. Shut the window. And we lived in an apartment in West Hollywood and our window faced a brick patio with a trash can outside. There was no <laughs> lavender. lavender anywhere. Hmm. My grandmother has bushes and bushes of lavender right under her kitchen windows. Wow. Um, and so her kitchen always smelled like lavender. It was really intense, especially as things grew and she got older. And so um, I woke up and I was like, oh, Nana. And I was like, I really have to call her. Then I get to work and my sister called. She's like, this is so fucking weird. She's like, Uncle Paul went to Nana's today and he found her dead. And they said she's been dead for about like 
about 24 hours. Mm. And I was like, oh my Whoa. God, it like lines up with exactly when she was on my mind. Of course, Chelsea showing me the elderly thing. Again, that's not a psychic connection, but it, who wouldn't think of their own grandmother? But then the dream I had. But maybe that helped get you in the mindset to receive Maybe it did. I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? It was kind of like priming your third eye. But the lavender thing is like she died on the floor under that window. Was she allergic to lavender? No, but it's just really. Yeah, she she was in the kitchen where the lavender was. So it's very weird. And she. um, Were you allergic to mm. lavender? No, I love it. It was just like. It was like, oh, it's, it was such an overwhelming smell. Like, it was wow. like to, if it was be in the middle of the night, if someone put a flower under right, my nose. Right, like, get it, uh, 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 I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, it was like yeah. that. Wow. And then, but just, Jen, that, her, that's that, really but just that she went, I'm young here. Yeah. And so then I had another dream that night where she was, and I think this was just more of that's an imagination kind of dream because she didn't really say great things about her husband after he died. Uh, but I had a dream that night that, I looked in a window and they were like dancing together in a kitchen. And oh, were, wow. She was in that same young outfit. Oh, wow. But the other thing that happened is uh, when we were cleaning out her stuff at her house, her, the doorbell just would not stop ringing. There was no one there. It was just Whoa. like ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. And we, every time we would, we'd be like, my uncle and kind I. Kind of re- stupid, isn't it? Okay, grandma. <laughs> my uncle it. and I really believe in ghosts. And so we always have talked about ghosts in my family. So we'd be like, does this piss her off when we make fun of this? And that it would just get comical to like how much the doorbell right. would ring. That is wow. so wild. And wow. so she used to always say to him, Paul, you got to fix the doorbell. And he would be like, it is fixed, Ma. You just can't hear it anymore. Oh, my gosh. And so wow. that was like a running oh, thing with them was yeah. the doorbell. Because that's why when he found her dead, wow. he'd been ringing and ringing. And he could hear it and she couldn't. And he's like, he was so stressed out because oh every God. time he went to her house every week to check on her... She didn't hear the doorbell. And he was like, she's dead. And then she'd be come to the window by accident. So he has to knock and bang. And this time he's like, I got to use the key. Fuck, I'm going to find my mom dead. Oh, so it was no. just ironic that the doorbell was... I can't believe I didn't start with that. Yeah. That's the weirder part. No, 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 no. All but of this like, is... So there's something there. Like, I think of all things, she would want to come back and tell us stuff. But then, you know, those things always seem to dissipate right after they die. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm wondering, is your energy still hanging around and you're communicating like your deathbed well, confessions? It's, Look, it's or you great... can take her word for it and she's on the other side and uh, still exists uh, in the afterlife and she's communicating with you. Well, and, you know, I think to speak on this too, and, you know, I have a a, a similar story with my stepfather, but but, but when when death occurs, there there's sometimes there is some sort of like a signal, a sign, yeah. and, and it happens relatively close to when when death occurs. And, and you're absolutely right; it tails off, it trails off. So, do they do they send us a message and move on? Yeah, um, is it an energy that we're picking up as a as as a as a frequency? Are are we receptive to just some sort of energetic field left behind by them? Yeah, how does that ring a doorbell? I don't know. You know, um, it's a great story filled with m- mystery and and it's special. Yeah, and I I love these stories that you know my we did a listener's file and my one of my great friends Donovan he tells a story. Uh, his best friend's grandmother passed away and she used to tuck him in on the couch. Well, when she passed away, he still slated on the couch one night. The the covers just kind of rolled up by themselves and, and no. He, well, he felt her presence. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. it wasn't like scary. It was like it was grandma. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and there's a uh, that's neat. I had a, uh, uh, a close family member. My uncle passed away um, 
two and a half years ago very quickly of, of brain cancer. And I had a dream. This was after he died. I had a dream that um, it had been about a month maybe, and I walked into my sister's house, and she was sitting. My sister was there, and she was sitting in the living room with my uncle who had passed. And they were talking. It was like I would interrupted a conversation. And I saw him, and I immediately burst out in tears. And he came up to me, and he was like, all right, come on, come on. And he <laughs> patted me on the back. And I was just like, I just, you know, and he's like, it's okay. I'm good. You don't need to worry about me. Everything's mm-hmm. good. Well, I was just talking to your sister and telling her the same thing. And it was a very comforting dream. And then I woke up and the next day my sister either called or texted me and she said, I had a dream last night that I was in my living room and Uncle Jerry came in and he sat down with me in the <laughs> living room and talked to me. And I was like, I came into that like in my and I, I just like couldn't believe it Michael's got like five or six of these where they're oh, just know, like amazing is- I was like oh yeah I was abducted once too <laughs> I forgot to <laughs> tell no, you but that I, I love it <laughs> but, but, but this weekend so this is really fresh on my mind because this weekend I for the first time in over a year my uncle came to me in my dream again wow. and I was like dude where have you been and he mm. goes he said to me he said two things that I really remember from the dream was he said, it takes, I go, why don't you come see me more often? He goes, it takes a lot. That's what he said. He goes, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot. So I only come and check in with you when, it's, when it's important. Wow. And then, uh, and then. What's so important well, right now? Well, I just think he just wanted, I've, I've been, I mean, nothing that is life or death, but I'm just going through a period of my life where, you know. Part, you, you know, could use just, some comfort. Yeah, just need a little guidance, or I'm a little yeah. stressed about this or that. And then, um, so there was part of the element of, uh, of the dream was part of that. And then the other thing I said to him, I go, I got to ask you uh, before you go. Is so you're like, there's a, a heaven. You're, you're there, and he goes, yes. And I go, how is? It? And he goes, look, it's different than what we it's, it's like olive garden how yeah. was it it's different no, 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 no. Yeah. than the commercials no he goes he goes still it's not good. quite <laughs> what it's not quite what a certain religion will tell you it is mm-hmm. he goes but it's great wow and so i took that as to mean like we're not all sitting on fluffy clouds playing harps with halos over our heads but he's like yep we're there and i go is everybody like grandma granddad everybody's like yep everybody's there and we are having a great time it's all good we are able to see everything that's going on here and you know every now and then he goes i just don't check in all the time because it's it's he said it's difficult it's hard to do it Mm. takes a lot he said it takes a lot that's why i just think maybe energetically I don't know. I mean, or he's having too be- good of a time, and he's like, "You're kind of a <laughs> yeah, lot." You're being a buzzkill. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. No, but you know, I was thinking that I worked uh, just really briefly. I had an opportunity to when I had a day job years and years ago. I worked on this thing, and there was this medium, and she was helping this girl who had the spirit in her house, and she caught it on film. It was this black blob, whatever. As it turned out, the woman was like, "I totally believe in this. It is a spirit. It's a negative energy. It's actually because you're living with your boyfriend who's." really bad alcoholic like and he's attracting it and she's like people who are drunk um attract spirits so and it can be written off as well you were drunk Mm. when our boundaries are down they can come in and that means even negative so i'm wondering if when we're in deep grief 
are sort of portals are open and we're open to experiences that we don't well, even know. And you are and was, literally in those points very close to death because you've just experienced it from someone you love, you know? Yeah. That's what I was wondering though, if we came to you, like if you were experiencing any kind of pain, because maybe it's like, then you did have three bottles of wine that night. Well, no, I'm just kidding. But no, you know, I, I was, when, when he says, it's, when, it, when he says it's difficult, he might not even mean just from his side. It's like, you guys are so closed off all the time. I can't get in. Yeah, it takes well, a like, lot to get through. He's yeah. like, you guys don't get that radio station. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, 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 if, if it's a frequency, an energy thing, then it rides on a frequency, you know? And so if uh, maybe like, you know, to add on to what you're saying and Mike, even when you tell that great story of Mary Hollandaise and how you guys share the same ghost, if I recall, you guys were both in sort of a similar mindset, you know, yeah. um, and so maybe there's something there. I love how I, that's why I love having this show and bringing guests on because we're getting all these interesting perspectives. And I think you're right. There is something our guards down or there's a field that's available yeah. to the uh, underworld or whatever. Who knows? I yeah, know. I but it's fascinating. It. Well, I'll tell you what you just said field. That's my way to segue. That's where UFOs land. That's awesome. Great. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll be right back with this week's topic of high strangeness. Can't wait. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode. And we're back with Jen Kirkman in the Bigfoot Collectors Clubhouse. And it's time for our segment, High Strangeness. High Strangeness. I, I never know how to frame that, but that's what it is. It's our story of the week, I guess. Uh, and I actually told the gang when uh, before we started recording that I couldn't decide. And so I, I prepared two stories. And I was going to ask Jen to choose however I feel like the conversation has chosen for us, which is the way that this typically works. Uh, so this is the story of the Solway Firth Spaceman. Oh, man. Wave yeah. at my Instagram stories. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story. I know, sorry. You know what? That's so wild. I was like, no, that's not the story that connects the, the nuclear warhead, but there is a nuclear base to that one. Oh. That is so There are wild. more than one, so listen to this. Wow. I love May this May 23rd, 1963. It's Saturday, a sunny, cloudless day by the English seaside. The searchers don't throw your love away was the top of the pops, and perhaps that very song was playing as Jim Templeton, a firefighter from nearby Carlisle, drove his wife Annie and their two daughters, Elizabeth and Francine, to the overlook of Solway Firth at Berg Marsh, an open stretch of grassland near the seaside situated in Cumbria, England. Jim was a fireman by trade, but an amateur photographer at heart, and recently purchased a new Kodak camera and wanted to take some family photos at the scenic cow fields of the marsh. Mm -hmm. Now, once they arrived at their destination, Jim and Annie noticed that the cows and the sheep of Solway Firth, usually spread far and wide across the grass hills, were all huddled together at the far end of the field as if they had been frightened. The couple looked around and saw that they were alone, and it was a beautiful day, and shrugged off the sensation and went about their day. So... Jim turns to his youngest daughter, Elizabeth, age five, and uh, he tells her to sit along the hillside so he can take a photo of her in her new dress. Elizabeth did as her father told, as her father told, and uh, Annie stood over Jim's shoulder with Francine at her side as he snapped three pictures of Elizabeth. How much longer the family stayed along the scenic marshes, I do not know. 
But satisfied with the photo shoot, Jim and Annie took their daughters back to the car and they drove home, having enjoyed a typical, non-eventful Saturday afternoon as a family. Mm-hmm. Things get weird a few days later when Jim received his photos from the shoot from the local chemist. Flipping through the snapshots of the family, Jim noticed something strange in one of the three photos he snapped of Elizabeth. In one of the photos, in an otherwise spotless blue sky backdrop, is the image of what looks to be some kind of spaceman standing behind Elizabeth. (laughs) Just over the hill, with his back turned to the camera, his elbow jutting out with his fist presumably resting on his hips. The figure is noticeably male, I think, and you can see the muscular framework of his back, shoulders, biceps, and triceps. The spaceman, as he would soon come to be known, was called such because he is dressed in white and appears to be wearing some kind of helmet. Now, I'm going to show you the photo. Mm, We can pass it around. The famous photo, yes. Now, it's a smaller copy, but uh, this is Elizabeth sitting in her new dress, and just over her shoulder is the spaceman popping out from behind her head. And, and you know, they weren't in the prior frame, and they weren't in the previous frame. It was just the one frame. So it looks kind of fake. It's 1964. Now, remember. It's laughable. I'd love to see it. Now, it is. Jen, that's great that that's your attitude, because we're going to unpack that. I want it to be real. Listen, this is pre-Photoshop, so just keep that in mind. Now, uh... Jim and Annie were very perplexed mm. by this strange sci-fi figure dropping in from the uh, dropping into the quaint photo of their daughter. So troubled, in fact, that they called the police and informed them of the incident. Jim said in an interview, I took the picture to the police in Carlisle, who, after many uh, doubts, examined it and stated there was nothing suspicious about it. The local newspaper, the Cumberland News, picked up the story, and within hours it was all over the world. The picture is certainly not a fake and I am as bemused as anyone else as to how this figure appeared in the background. Over the four decades the photo has been in the public domain, I have had many thousands of letters from all over the world with various ideas or possibilities, most of which make little sense to me. Mm. The police figured it was an error in the negative, and uh, an overlay with another negative perhaps, but when inspected by the chemist and then later sent into Kodak Industries and they had their professionals examine the, the film, the negative, and the photograph... Uh, it was proven that the figure was whatever it was was, was in, in the negative. Was in the negative right. when the picture was captured taken. by the lens. That was my question because I was like, some smart ass at the Photoshop yeah. did, right. did well, something know, that is the, the Photoshop. The story garnered so much attention that Kodak did, like just Mike just said, they did offer to take a look at his negative to offered, help alleviate some of this public. They offered a reward of like a year's worth of Kodak film. That's if right. Anyone was... could come forward and say and explain or who this person was or duplicate that same type mm-hmm. of thing. Nobody can and then we have to go back to the cows looked scared earlier. Yep. Yep. Just think about that. I don't know. So mm-hmm. now there was no such person present at the marsh that day. The Templetons were sure that they were alone. And remember, and here's the here's the thing is Francine, uh, their other daughter and Annie, they insist were standing over Jim's shoulder the entire time. The Cumberland Press ran the story. Other papers picked it up and uh, and uh, picked it up, and soon everyone was talking about the strange spaceman that seemingly materialized into Elizabeth's photo. Mm-hmm. Not long after the incident, Templeton claims that he was working at the firehouse when two men in black suits that claimed to be from the government visited him and only referred to no- to one another as numbers nine and eleven. They made temp- I know. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's a little on the nose. They made Templeton drive them out to the marsh where he had spotted the quote-unquote alien, but Templeton insisted that he hadn't actually seen anything because he, the being did not appear until he developed the film. So frustrated, the MIB gave up and drove off and just left Templeton in the, in the marsh. <laughs> I don't know how he got home. Right. Uh, meanwhile, the editor of the Cumberland News, the paper that originally ran the story, got in touch with Templeton because around the same time he took that photo, an Australian ICBM missile launch had been, had been suddenly halted at the Woomera test range in Australia when two strange-looking men in white suits and helmets had appeared on the security cameras on the launch pad yep. and then left with no traces. So the Australian officials that worked at Woomera had seen this photo in that had been picked up in their local newspaper instantly thought that looks like the two men uh that were in our photo yeah well and, and let me just let me just say this wow. so you're at a you're at a military intercontinental ballistic missiles base and you see two what looks like spacesuit guys on the launch platform uh whoa stop that who the fuck is that what are they doing there yeah it looks uh, like it could be men dressed in it looks crazy just outfits. like that guy on the yeah. solway for a spaceman yeah so they go down to check him out and they're gone. I mean, literally, like, as if you turn off a light, they disappear, right? I mean... Yep, here's the photo, actually. I forgot to bring it in, but so I'm So can these up. guys make themselves invisible, look, these here, aliens? Here's the photo of the two guys on the base, and they actually do look a lot like the figure that is in this photo. Now, you might think, okay, a stretch, maybe, mm. but perhaps less so when you learn that the Blue Streak missile being launched in Australia that day had, in fact, been manufactured at a facility near... You guessed it, Solway Firth. In fact, lights belonging to the facility that constructed that manufactured the missile can actually be seen in the distance off the horizon of the infamous photo. So, in the photo to the right is actually there are lights that uh, of the facility where they built the Blue Streak missile. So they built the Blue Streak missile in Firth and then sent it to Australia Australia to test it. And this figure shows up in both locations. Yeah. The story gets even weirder, though, because occurring within the same two-week period, uh, United States Air Force Lieutenant Robert Jacobs was filming a missile test, also of the same type of Blue Streak ICBM, at uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base near Big Sur, California. They had been filming missile tests because many of the missiles that they were launching blew up on launch, and Lieutenant Jacobs was highly coveted for his work of, he set up an entire uh, team, film crew, with these big periscope cameras that shoot out yep. into the outer atmosphere, and he was overseeing, they were like, we don't know why these missiles are failing, we need you to film this stuff, and... um this is really. This brings back to what you were talking about earlier, Jen. This ties into uh, where we we're saying upon launch of this missile launch, Lieutenant Jacobs' team filmed the filmed the missile, which was the the launch was successful, and the guys celebrated and uh, the, the shoot and the launch and uh, thought, okay, cool, we did our jobs. The missile took off. This is great. Got great footage of great it. Great footage, perfect footage yep. of it. Everyone was super happy. Clear day. It, it was like an, a beautiful. It was like that's a wrap. Check the gate. We nailed it. A few days pass, two days, I believe, and Lieutenant Jacobs was called in by his commanding officer, uh, Major Mansman, and was invited into a meeting with two guys in gray suits. They showed Jacobs the footage of the launch, and what Jacobs saw <laughs> was a foreign craft fly into frame, shoot a beam of light at the dummy warhead, 
as it's bro- breaking off. So they had the third stage where the rocket breaks apart, the second stage, the third stage where it's just now sending A the intercon- yeah, the warhead into space to come back down. Now, th- these are dummy warheads. There's no nukes on this, but it's the same weight and the same size. Mm. It's how they test how they're going to deliver these nukes if they need to. That's the whole point of this entire thing. So this uh, craft comes into frame, beams a light at the, at the warhead, zips around. Now, this is moving at thousands of miles per hour, mm-hmm. and it's keeping up with it. And not only, but circling around it, it shoots three beams of light at the warhead. Right. And suddenly, the warhead tumbles out of space. Yeah. And the major turns to Lieutenant Jacobs and goes, what the hell is that? Jacobs couldn't believe his eyes, and he sits there, and he scratches his head. He looks at the two men in civilian suits sitting across from him, and he goes, well, I think what we have here is a UFO. And uh, everyone kind of looks at each other in the room, and uh, some more is discussed that we're not privy to, but it ended with Major turning to Jacobs and saying, this never happened. Yeah. And uh, he told Jacobs that if he were to ever be pressed about this in the future, what went wrong, that he were to tell the, he was supposed to call it laser strikes. Laser strikes took it down. Something that didn't, that was vague and didn't even exist within their technology in 1964. Uh, So for 18 years, Lieutenant Jacobs, the only man on this team, uh, the only man on the team that knew about what was actually in the footage, and one of the only people that knew about it at Vandenberg Base, Mm -hmm. Air Force Base, kept the secret for the uh, Air Force under direct orders. He finally told his story because it... It bothered him for years that no one knew about it, that he knew this thing, that he knew what he saw, and no one was discussing it. And he felt uh, kind of like the story that came out in the New York Times in December uh, about the Pentagon and the study of craft at the Pentagon and the Black Books operations going there, that, that a lot of this stuff needs to be – to get funding for it and awareness needs to be raised so people take these issues seriously. I would agree with that. He, and he decided to talk about this because he realized that he uh, had never – that the, the incident had never been technically classified as top secret. He had just been said not to say anything. Mm-hmm. It was like a Harvey Weinstein thing. <laughs> right. Like, totally. This didn't exactly. happen. Exactly. This didn't happen. So – he Horrible. came out and told the story uh, uh, to a reporter. And, to no um, consequence. That's why you were saying it's not top secret. Well, that's he, why he can't, said it. but what happened was the Air Force denied it. The oh. Air Force denied that he was ever at Vandenberg. They they denied that he was ever part of this film crew. Little and he career says, wash. And he says this. Yeah, they started just, <laughs> he started getting harassing phone calls. People blew up his mailbox. People told him that he was fucking dead, that they were going to kill, you know, just threatening him that he was over. He was through. He would get calls in the middle of the night. He started being made fun of by other Air Force people. And he's Why? like, he goes, I don't give a flip. I don't care what they do to me. I know what I saw. I know what this is. Because people, they treat, I think in, one of the ways they help keep some of this stuff under wraps is by making fun of anyone who brings it up. Sure. Right. It's classic. Discredit, uh, discredit the yeah. witness. It's Russia stuff. Throw in some disinformation right. and yeah. you're perfect. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, they denied it had it ever happened has, and have even gone as far to, as to deny that Jacobs served for the Air Force, even though public records show that he in fact did. Mm. So that wow. is a strange case. Now, can I ask a question? Please. What are other countries' laws or governmental things about aliens? And I guess that brings me back to the CIA and worldwide. I guess they're all in cahoots in that same way. Like, is there kind of an international agreement? Or does Germany handle it differently? Or you know, we- every country deals with it in their own right. And, you know, I've always liked to, I th- to put I like- it this way, to hopefully alleviate some of your—and to help with your question— 
nobody knows, right? Yeah. The Americans and the CIA don't know. The Russians and their, um, they don't know. The Chinese, they're not really sure. Well, and they treat this stuff uh, like you would uh, uh, top secret weapons programs because it's all technology, right? It's sort of like an arms race. If, for, for example, if we had found a crash flying saucer at Roswell, we'd want to recover it, study it, build on it retroactively right true it's like we're giving away our secrets we're not we we don't want to share that information because they could use they could use it against us right yeah right it's 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 under military it's not just alien stuff to them but Uh, okay so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna ask jen what the hell was hell was that oh i love it hey guys bryce johnson here each week we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we're back, and now it's time for Jen to figure this all out. What the hell was that? What the hell was that, Jen? Okay, so you want my theory on everything? Yeah, sure. All right. You got to make a decision. I mean, if you're going to give your best guess, what what is going on Who is the Solway Firth spaceman? Okay, I'm going to take it real crazy. There's one option, which is it's an actual spaceman, and he's very against nukes, and he's trying to give us a message. And it's us from the future, or it's some other thing and they their planet got nuked and they want to help us could all be that we could go more i don't know what the word is with it to like devil angel stuff okay demonic angelic sure like yeah like um it's evil and this energy's coming out that's for some reason able to combat it like people who see the virgin mary statues weeping mm-hmm this could be miraculous in that okay. sense. This could be more of like a ghost energy that represents positivity and I'm I'm stopping like and I'm not saying it's not alien related. No, this is one of the But things I don't that, think it's an actual man. That's okay. This is one of the things that confounds people because it falls under just so many categories. Is yeah. it a glitch in the matrix? Is it an alien that's invisible to the naked eye but present to the camera? Why the is it camera? dearming our nukes? Well, yeah, why is it dearming? <laughs> or is it a ghost? Right. Because a lot and of thank time, you. and a lot of because a lot of times the go it it falls feels more like a ghost phenomenon of an image of a person showing up in a photograph. That's mm-hmm. more aligned with ghost stuff. Like I feel like that's how Jesus like if we're going to believe in Jesus and he comes back. Like I feel like that's how you would do it. Well, right. I don't think it's Jesus. I also think it's 
maybe that these aliens, if it is one, can turn themselves invisible. Like they've captured the power of invisibility. Right. Or we're in on it too in our minds. I don't know. Well, you know what? I I think it's something miraculous. If, if you look at that spacesuit, it, it it doesn't seem like the spacesuit of 2017. No, and al- also I want to point it out too. It looks like Back to the Future. I think part yeah. of it is called spacesuit because I think a lot of people think that the that this figure is facing forward. And I believe that, black, that he is. I don't think he is. I think he's got his back turned. If you look at the photo, you see... The, you can see the – I oh. think that this black part is, is actually the hair? back of the head, and there looks like there's almost a hoodie here. I thought that was the visor blades, of the helmet. But look, but look at the way that the uh, the elbow is bent. And we'll I post this online this. for you guys to see. But let me yeah, see that again, Yeah, just Google Mike. Solway first. Um, and I think the pictures man. of the spacemen, they don't look like they're wearing helmets either. Right, right, in the um, video. Now, here's the, the video, thing. Yeah. Uh, skeptics like UFO author David Clerk insisted that the figure must have been Annie wandering into frame, her blue dress washed out by the exposure of the lens. But even when compared to other mm. images of Annie in her blue, blue dress, to me, it is clearly not the same person nor the same sex. And the figure only appears mm. in one of the three photos that Elizabeth posed for. Plus, they insisted, they all insisted that she didn't wander into frame. Now, this picture supposedly shows the mother, Annie, uh, in her blue dress, and this is what they like to compare and say this was washed out and we're seeing the back of her head. But here's the thing. I actually don't think that's Annie. I think that, that looks like a little girl to me on the right. Yeah. Whose head is cropped out of frame. I think that is not Annie. I think the mother, I think that might be Francine, hmm. Elizabeth's nine-year-old sister. You know, and the, the yeah, two of them are sitting. Like it doesn't look like a mom at all. It looks, it looks like, like a little girl. Crawling. I want to yes. focus on this. Spaceman again. To me, this looks like he's facing right into camera, and that this whole black front is the visor of the helmet. Right. And if you look close, it almost looks like he's wearing a medallion, a necklace, okay. some sort of uh, uh, who knows. But that to me, that looks yeah, like show Riley too. Yeah. To me, that looks like the visor of a 1980s-style astronaut's helmet. It looks like... Mar- uh, and it seems to be he's wearing some sort of a necklace or a medallion. He almost looks like Marty McFly. Completely when he, when looks like Marty McFly. Absolutely. It's, when he puts the Van Halen on him. Right. It's yeah, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. He calls himself Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, so why, why are these things we're seeing always just like... Kind of like always about 10 years ahead of our technology. If these are really space-bearing travelers, wouldn't they be coming in like light ships that you see on like the new Star Wars movie Maybe. or something? Or who knows, right? Why is it always just so out of reach? Riley, do you think that that mm. uh, figure is facing uh, forward or uh, or to camera or away from camera? I'm firmly believing it's looking off mm. over the hill. I think it kind of actually does look like he's looking to camera. He also has a very self-assured posture about yeah. him. He's really yeah. kind of like... Mm-hmm. I think it's this... <laughs> I see that. I see it. With, and you with guys the visual. think it's this. Yeah, I do. I do because if you're gonna appear, why wouldn't you look in camera? I don't know. Yeah, and well, I, that that black that black it just looks like a visor to me, right? You know, no, that's that's what like most a, that's like why a fighter jet that's what vi- most visor. people think so too. Although, mm-hmm. if it is a a person of color, that could be a halo over their head and a white robe, and it again could be Jesus. You know, you're out. Hey, listen, but let's put I it back it. in. Let's put it back into context. What I love about this story is a guy at the Australian base says, "Hey, I saw something in the newspaper. We just had an incident here at our military base where we're all scrambling around, going, what the fuck is that?' You know, and I think there might be a correlation here. And then, oh my God." <laughs> that that was Rachel. so scary. Wasn't that so creepy? Rachel's looking in the window. I actually, uh, yeah, continue. But I think, I think something. This helmet is actually a cloud above his head. I uh, think it's a cloud. It might. You might be right. I mean, and we we implore our listeners to, uh, hey, look at this. We'll post it up on our Instagram. Too. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, it, well, and they say that that might be Annie wearing a hat as well. 
and then it's the back of her head. I don't know. It's so weird, and the angle of him is weird, too. It's almost as if he's floating. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It it does seem like his feet are not on the ground. It's crazy. And just remember that the facility where they built the missile that was being launched in Australia is just over the hillside. Well, and another great off in the distance. Another great thing about this story is, is this is kind of the first time we get a, a clear depiction of the men in black, and it's in print, you know, because what, what, like you mentioned, Michael, after this happened to him, two guys did show up at his door asking him to take him back to yeah. the, to the Solway Firth field. If if that story is true, yeah. If Jim Templeton is not making that up, right, right, that's but, wild. What's the picture of Annie? The other one. What is that's this Elizabeth. white thing? Oh. What's this white thing on her head? Though? Oh, I think that's just the sunlight hitting the top of her mm, of okay. her head. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. There you go. It's a crazy wow. story. It's a spooky photo. Uh, we inc- we'll put it up. Um, and we'll throw some links in our show notes about all the stuff that you need to check out too. Uh, we'll, we're going to come back for our final segment and uh, say uh, chat a little bit more with Jen and say goodbye. Yes. And uh, we'll see you right back here in a second. Hey guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. And we're back and it's time for Collectors Corner. This is the collecting portion of the podcast. Yes. (laughs) Jan, did you ever collect anything growing up? TV guides. Oh wow! Um, Dynamite magazine. Oh, dude, we've talked about Dynamite magazine. On this I before. was published in it. Thank you. What? It's Tell us framed that story. on my wall. I don't even remember doing it. I just wrote a letter in. Yeah, I wrote a letter. It was like David Cassidy. I, I forget who was on the cover. It might have been Fonzie, and it said, "Dear Dynamite, here's three things you never hear one grown up say to another grown up." I believe that had probably been a suggestion of this theirs. This is your other. This is like your early material. Yeah, I was eight. I was really into writing when I was eight. I won like a contest and I was like, I'll just submit to magazines. Oh, that's wild. I don't rem- I really don't remember writing this and it's all weirdly sexual. It's like three things you hear another you never hear another grown up say to another, like, you deserve a spanking. Mm. Uh, <laughs> two, like, don't eat with your mouth full. And three, like something else wildly sexual that I didn't realize was. What what was it? I don't remember. Oh. I it's on my wall at home. I can take a picture and send it to you we, guys. Please do, we'll put it up on uh on yeah. our Instagram feed for sure. Yeah, please but I collected do. that Dynamite magazine TV guide. I would say Barbie dolls, but not really just like you have a bunch. It's not the same as action figures you're like trying to collect. Right. I actually did have a few Star Wars action figures, but only because I felt I was supposed to. Then when I realized you didn't have to like just like it because everyone did it, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. And then uh, I did. Uh, no, I think that was it. Is it more literature such as right. the yeah, television right. guide? Do you still have that collection today? I mean, do you? My mom threw it out oh, when man. I was in college, and I was like, I know she because back then when she threw it out, there was still the TV guide in the tiny book form. But there's a, a friend of mine has a podcast about the TV guide, and he has a collection, and he gave me what, uh, plug it. What, what's the show? I forget the name. That's what I did say. Um, We'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Do that at home. Yeah, do listen. Stay (laughs) stay with this podcast. (laughs) That's right. He gave me the one with the movie. Speaking of nukes, the day after on the cover. Oh wow! So I have that at my house right now. Which took place in Lawrence, Kansas. That's right. Far from where I grew up. That's why I so starstruck by you always. Yes, exactly. Um, now, do you, do you remember your? Was it that, or do you do you have a specific cover that you loved? Do you remember your moonlighting? Favorite? Oh gosh! Oh, that was the best. that was my favorite cover. I don't remember. I just know it was moonlighting. I don't yeah. know what it looked like, but that was it. David and Madison. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I really I just knew in my heart we're not going to have a TV guide in the future that's going to look like this, and I'm going to be happy. I saved these, and I was right. My mom threw them out. 
Great. Thing. I also, I also, for the first time in my life, just bought magazine covers. You know those little plastic things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have preserve them. I Pol- have polymer bags, poly bags. So I just put a bunch in a in a little thing I have. So I guess currently I have a collection of something that's really embarrassing. Every magazine cover that Nirvana and Hole ever did. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I just have a collection of that. That's fantastic. It's like my. Yeah, so that's all I collect. They're all magazine oriented. That's great. That's well, right. I'm a comic book collector, so that I get it. I right. felt like one when I was putting it in the plastics. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know what it's like to feel lonely and yeah. ashamed. Well, I brought you something uh, for, for today uh, for the collector's portion, and I, I hope you're into Bigfoot jewelry. Of course I am. <laughs> Who isn't? Because <laughs> uh, here is this an is on o- Bryce's QVC channel. Yes, here is an Oster Pearl uh, Patty Bigfoot given to me by uh, Tom Yamarone. Who they call the Bob Dylan of Bigfoot music, and uh, that's something yeah. that everybody needs to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he gave me. The, there was a guy who makes them. There's a small inner circle of people who have those. Bob Gimlin's one included, but uh, it's something I that treasure. That looks really good on you. Jen has her. Jen has, you have a jewelry line. No, it ended December thirty okay, first. Right, oh. It was a limited edition. You, oh. you snooze, you lose, people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We have to get a picture of this thing. Great. Oh, we definitely will. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. It's another session. We uh, we just thank everybody for, for following the show. That was a fun one. And listen, uh, keep writing in with your stories, BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at BigfootCollectorsClub. Uh, Jen, is there anything you'd like to plug, or where can people find you? I would say just go to my website, JenKirkman.com, one N and Jen. And from there, you can find my Twitter and my Facebook and my tour dates and my books and all my kind of stuff. Awesome. So come great. see me. Oh, uh, I'd like people to come see me do a live show. Great. We'd love to do that. <laughs> Will you wear that necklace? Of course. I'm never taking it off. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, 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 before we go, Bryce, quick, anything? Uh, you know, just follow us on uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club here on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, Yeah, check our show notes for any links. And we're on Facebook, and we're going to throw up all these photos, especially that Solway Firth one. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, yeah. as always, to Riley Bray for our sound and the band Sun Eaters for our music from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. See you next week. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. 
Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.